Welcome to another episode of Living and Ultra Life. This week I want to talk to you about my latest race and we're just gonna kind of go into it a little bit and really I was I was thinking about the title of this and it's more of when your race doesn't go exactly as planned how do you adjust in the middle of the race and keep on moving in that only direction that we runners know how to go and that's moving forward relentlessly I just recently finished the Cape Fear 24 hour endurance race once again fantastic race put on by Lisa McFadden and her crew down in Lillington, North Carolina. I, Jenny and I just love going to this race. It is such an amazing community that even if we weren't doing the running, it would still be worth going to just because of who the people are and how they conduct the race and what the people on the race course are like. And there's just it's just a great, great atmosphere and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Anyway, we get into the race, and I had a plan into it. I had decided that I was going to do spot intervals instead of, you know, time intervals. So I was doing run-walk intervals, and so I had marked out my sections on the course, and it was run to this section, walk from this section to this section, run from this section to this section. And there were basically two two runs and two walks per 0.5918-mile loop. So, in other words, less than a mile loop. But I had two run-walk interval marks in there. Um, it roughly worked out to about a 0.35-mile run and about a 0.24-mile walk. And I was doing great. First three hours, no problems whatsoever. Made a tiny adjustment about two hours in. So I kind of had a slower lap in there where I just I wanted to get something different in my uh, nutrition cycle and so that was about the only part in the first three hours that was slow but I was right on my mark so I was averaging about 5.2 miles an hour in the first three hours um kind of a little bit little bit in fourth hour to it was about 4.8 miles in the fourth hour but I was still right on my schedule so my my schedule was I wanted to be able to average 4.5 miles an hour I stayed right on that schedule and everything was kind of clicking along, going to plan until it wasn't. And most of you who have done endurance races know what I'm talking about when it doesn't. So for me, the doesn't was about, it was after a marathon. So it had to been someplace in about the sixth hour into it. I suddenly noticed that the shoes that I had, uh, that I had started with, which were my Ultra Outroads. They're a lighter shoe, less platform. And so I kind of wanted to start out with those and, you know, work into my plusher shoes. And they definitely are a shoe that is about a marathon distance shoe because after that, I just noticed they started getting sloppy. And I don't know how to describe it any other way than, you know, your landing as you landed and your foot strike everything started getting sloppy. And I know it has something to do with, you know, the fact that, you know, I was 28 miles into a run, but it was starting to feel sloppy. So I had two different pairs of shoes down uh, down there with me, a brand new pair of Ultra Paradigms that I thought I had about 20 to 25 miles on, and a pair of Ultra Olympus that probably have 100 to 150 miles on. So in my brain, all right, so 
click in on that. In my brain, I was switching into my Ultra Olympus. In reality, I switched into my Ultra Paradigms with not enough break-in miles on. It wasn't even 12 miles later, so it was probably not even not even three hours later. All of a sudden, every time my left foot would land, it would feel like somebody was jabbing my uh, left, second toe, and third toe with ice picks or something. I mean, it was the it was the worst stabbing pain that I'd ever had in my life. Now, I knew that something was wrong, and what I should have done was immediately change shoes. What I did was I was looking at my watch and I'm going, okay, I'm about nine hours into this race now and I'm just going to put my head down and just kind of ignore the pain. And what I ended up doing by doing that was I ended up altering my gait. So now in my run walks, which are getting less and less because of the pain in my foot, I was changing my gait, which meant that I was landing differently on my foot, which meant that I was changing the structure of how my left leg was landing. And now all of a sudden I have knee pain to go along with the foot pain. So it must have been 12 hours into the race. Finally, I just was like, okay, I got to do something about this. So I broke out the Tiger Balm, kicked my shoes off, Tiger Balmed my knee, my calf, my foot, my wife helped me out and everything, and I thought that would fix it. Now, somebody smart would have said, oh, take the paradigms off and change into your Olympus. Yeah, that wasn't me, that race. And so I just kept on going in my paradigms until about probably 11 o'clock at night when I just couldn't take it anymore. So I'm 15 hours into this race, and the pain is excruciating, and, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but when you're fighting pain, it exhausts your body. And so I'm exhausting myself trying to fight off pain that, in hindsight, it was an easy fix. But in, you know, race, you know, time, it was not an easy fix. I was still on track at 15 hours to hit 100 miles. So that'll tell you that I was still clocking in, you know, four and a half minutes, 4.5 miles an hour, that I was still cranking it out pretty regularly, sometimes to get down into the four, but I was, I was still staying above 4.5 miles an hour, and so I felt like I was, I was in good shape, but I was exhausted. So I got this great idea that I would just lay down in the van, take a 15-minute nap, get my feet up, propped up on something, and then be able to just go back out and just kick it in and finish and, you know, go for a hundred if possible. And if not, be happy with my mileage. So I did. I, you know, went to the van. Jenny was sound asleep. I woke her up. I'm sorry, Jenny. And, um, man, it was about 12 minutes of the most excruciating pain that I've ever felt in my entire life. As I put my feet up, my whole left leg was just on fire with pain. And I could not figure out what in the blue blazes was going on. So after about 12 minutes, I told Jenny, I said, well, you know, it's just going to be a suffer fest until the end. I'm just going to go out and finish mine. I said I had about eight and a half miles at that, or eight and a half more hours at that point. And I said, I'm just going to go out and suffer through the last eight and a half hours, see what I can get. Threw my pair of Ufo's sandals on 
and went and did uh, two loops, or about a little over a mile, in my UFO sandals until suddenly I remembered I had my Ultra Olympus someplace in the van, and if I could find those, I could change into those. And so found those uh, after lap two, made it a uh, rather long lap. That was one of my... I had a 40-minute mile and a 38-minute mile. So that'll tell you what you know where my race kind of blew up. But um, yeah, changed into my Ultra Olympus. The pain didn't go away, but it definitely subsided because my Ultra, my Olympus have yeah they're about a 33 millimeter stack, and they're a lot. They're just a lot plusher, I guess is the only way to say. And so you've got a lot more stack in there that cushions your step. I was definitely down to walking and at times power walking at this point. So I knew I wasn't going to hit 100 miles, but I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep moving forward and see what happens. And I problem solved, you know, the whole race. And so I ended up with, um, shade over 82 miles, ended up being 13th overall, which kind of amazed me, 10th male and, uh, fourth in my age group. And I was actually really, really proud of myself for this race because you know, it didn't go to plan. It didn't, it didn't happen exactly how I thought it was going to happen, but I solved the problems. I encouraged a whole lot of runners along the way. One of the things I was really excited about doing, uh, Brandon is a young man who has cerebral palsy and he came out and we were all, there were, you know, a couple of us that were taking turns pushing him around the course. And so I got to push Brandon around the course for two laps. And after doing that for two laps, I can tell you, Thomas Hicks, you are my hero. And all of you Ainsley's angels who pushed those things for a marathon, I, you're, you're, I bow at your feet. I, that was the, one of the harder, I had never done this before. And so, of course, there's no technique to it at all. I'm just thinking, okay, well, I just push this thing. Well, it's fine when you're on a straight, but anybody familiar with the Cape Fear course knows that there's a couple turns and two of them are pretty tight and oh poor Brandon yeah he had to put up with me you know skidding through the turns and it was fun but I had a great time got to watch some incredible athletes I honestly thought uh, Derek Fox and John Dallas and Billy Gunn were going to go over 140 miles not really sure what happened. Derek Fox ended up with over 128 miles. Dude is a stud. He would look like a metronome out there running. There was never a breakup in his cadence, in his gait. I mean, it looked the same from, you know, when he started to 24 hours later when he kicked butt and crossed the line at like 23.59.59. I mean, the dude was just literally, I metronome is the only word that comes to, to mind. John Dallas was a kid out there that I not I've never seen him before, but he kicked butt out there all day long, all night long. I know he had kind of a rough stretch of it in the early morning going, and um, he ended up just kind of once he knew he had 100 miles in the bag, just sort of walked it in from there. Billy Gunn, once again, every year I go out to Cape Fear. Billy Gunn is just kind of one of my heroes out there. He just stacks on the miles and miles. But I came away from this race with a with a brand new hero, 71-year-old Marty Fox. And the dude just absolutely crushed it. I think he ended up with 102 miles. And I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell you, 
Marty is 71 years old. I'm hoping to get both he and Derek in case you didn't recognize. Marty is the dad. Derek is the son. First time I've ever seen a father-son duo get over 100 miles in a 24-hour race. So, you know, kudos to them. They just did such a fantastic job. But I'm going to uh, working on getting Marty and Derek on the show here in a couple weeks. That'll be an absolute blast. Ray Krolowicz, for those of you who don't know, is just a legend in the ultra-running sport. One of the very first Grand Slam runners. Uh, Old Dominion uh, 100. I think he has a time of 14 hours on that. I dare anybody to break that. He has got some stout, stout ultra-running chops out there, and he's amazing. Well, he got over 100K in 24 hours, and hes I know he's over 65. I'm not quite sure Ray's total age. There was only one woman who got over 100 miles, but she... She had a rough go of it early in the race, and it was looking like she was not going to do it. And she came out kind of the second half of the race. And I don't know how many miles she did second half of the race, but what an accomplishment to watch her move around and get over 100 miles. Kimberly Ann Joyce is her name, and she just did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. It was such a pleasure watching a lot of people out there. I kind of kept up with a guy named Brian Recor all throughout the day. Our tents were next to each other, and we we ran a bunch of laps together. Somewhere he snuck another lap in on me, and so he finished one lap ahead of me. Yeah, throughout the day, it was just we had a blast out there. It was it was a great race. It was one of those things where you problem solve your way through the race. And you get through with it and you cross that finish line and it's like, you know what? I did everything that I could possibly do today and I'm really, really proud of what I was able to lay down and what I was able to do. And that to me is is why I know that at this point in season in my life, I'm totally living the ultra life because I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting when things get hard. I'm not sitting there going, oh, woe is me and getting down on myself for making stupid rookie mistakes. And I just was really, really proud of this race. It's one of my best races. It's my second best 24 hour. So very happy with that. And I know that I still have lots to learn. This is ultra finish number 51. But even with 51 ultra finishes under my belt, I still have a lot to learn in this sport. And I look forward to learning it. I look forward to improving on it. And uh, we're going to finish the 2022 year with a bang. Living an Ultra Life is brought to you by Forge Glory Athletics. Forge Glory Athletics is a science-driven, client-proven, premier running company that instills strong, introspective pillars through disciplines of movement that award personal growth in multiple aspects of the athlete's life without injury. We must find the light within ourselves before others can follow. Christopher Guerra. I've got three races left. The get outside. I'm running four hours. Uh, just a training run. If anybody hasn't signed up for this uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving race, what are you waiting for? Just a training run. The get outside, eight hour, four hour. There's a bunch of different options. I'm going to do the four hour and then I'm going to volunteer for four hours and, and help out because I think that that's one of the things that us runners need to do a lot. We need to remember that it's not just about us running races. It's also volunteering because there is definitely a need for volunteers in ultra running races right now. And then I'll finish out my season with the 100K Dismal Swamp. I'm not excited about it because it's it's just it's the Dismal Swamp Canal Trail and there's nothing exciting about it. 
but I'm excited about getting out and crushing 100K. And then the following week on December 11th, so the Dismal Swamp is December 3rd, December 11th, I will finish up my 2022 racing season with the Mel Williams Seashore 50K in First Landing State Park, which is always a lot of fun, and it's dirt, and I just love it. And, of course, then we're going to get ready for the Swami Shuffle 200. And if anybody's looking for a race to get to really, really test your metal on, Swami Shuffle 200. There's still room. There's only 12 people signed up right now. I think there's going to be 14 soon because I heard some special people are getting ready to sign up from James Huller, the race director this weekend, who was also at the race and finished another ultra marathon and helped uh, one of his friends finish his first ultra marathon. So a lot, a lot of fun was had at the Cape Fear 24 hour endurance race. Looking forward to lots and lots and lots more fun to come. And, uh, Really, it's just about problem solving. Living an alter life means that you solve problems, you just don't whine and whimper about them. That's it for this week's episode of Living an Alter Life. Thanks for listening. Look forward to hearing from you guys and seeing you soon. Bye.